Welcome to Questions That Matter. This is a podcast of the C.S. Lewis Institute. I'm your host, Randy Newman. At the C.S. Lewis Institute, we seek discipleship of the heart and mind and want to develop depth. And a big part of that is reading God's Word, reading the Bible. And my conversation partner today is Kristen Weatherall, who has written a very helpful book about digging into the Bible. And I want to tell our listeners, first of all, there's there are a lot of books that are how to study the Bible or how to read the Bible. And then, of course, there's a lot of books that uh, support the Bible, showing us that it really is God's word, that it really is authoritative, historically accurate and all that. But Kristen, you've written a different kind of book. You say in it, this is a book about God's word, but it's not a how to. There are lots of excellent books about Bible reading and study methods. Here, I want to write. I want to write about the why, the heart behind opening our Bibles. What, uh, what need did you see that you said I've got to write about this? Oh, the the need in my own heart. You know, the the need that I feel most mornings when I come down the stairs, bleary eyed, and take a few sips of coffee. And um, I'm just trying to pull my heart along, you know, to to desire to get into God's word, um, or maybe I'm maybe I desire to get into the word, but to to have that um, that deep warmth and fervor in my heart as I read it. Um, it's that need that I wanted to target. It's the motivation behind reading our Bibles. Um, and I'm seeing it all the time in the women that I talk to at church. I'm part of a life group of moms of young kids. So we're all in a very intense season of family life, mm-hmm. a very good one, but very intense. And I hear it all the time. Oh man, I know that I'm supposed to read my Bible, but I just don't want to. <laughs> and so you know, help me, pray for me. And so I'm, I'm hearing this from women. I'm hearing it from um, even my husband, who's a pastor and has many conversations with people from our church. And many people are, are not in the word simply because they don't want to be. So I wanted to look at the heart behind it, the motivation. Mm, well, um, I'm sorry to say that your book is very much needed. <laughs> mm, yeah. um, th- this isn't just a struggle you have. And, uh, and, uh, um, I'm, I'm not a very good host of podcasts. You'd think after this time I'd be better. I should have told people who you are. Um, so in addition to no writing this, this great book called Help for the Hungry Soul, Eight Encouragements to Grow Your Appetite for God's Word, uh, Kristen has written several books, some books for children, uh, some books for women. She's a wife, a mother, a writer, a speaker, a pastor's wife. Um, but I, I got the idea at looking at your book, um, uh, this isn't just for women, and it's not just for mothers of small children. Um, you're right; that's a pretty intense stage of life, um, mothers of small children. Um, but but your book has a, a applicability far beyond that. Um, yeah. But speak a little bit more. Why why do we have periods of lack of motivation to dig mm-hmm. into God's word? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm thankful that you just uh, said that about the book because it isn't just for women, it's for humans. And, and that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the problem with the human heart is that we don't desire what we should. And that's what sin has done to our hearts. It's, it's completely, you know, disordered and corrupted our affections. We were made 
by God to hunger for him, to feed on his words, to listen to him, to follow him, and to have life to the full and to do so for his glory through our lives. Um, but you know, it's always helpful to go back to the very beginning. And what did Adam and Eve do? They uh, scorned God's words in favor of the serpent's words. And that's our daily struggle, isn't it? It's what am I desiring every single day? Is it the word of God or is it these other things that I think will satisfy me? And perhaps they will for a time, but they won't satisfy me forever. They won't continue to. So this is a universal human struggle. Um, And even for believers, those who've been united to Christ by faith, who are walking in relationship with God once again because of Christ, our hearts are not what they will be someday. They are not fully perfect and fully holy in that sense. Um, so we're always going to struggle. And therefore, this book is for its for every single one of us. And, you know, there's something um, uh, relieving or even liberating about hearing, oh, other people have this struggle too. Or, yeah, there are times that all Christians or most Christians struggle with lack of desire to dig into God's word. Because I think, I'm sure what a lot of people think is, what's wrong with me? This is God's word. I mean, I I just read this 5,000 page book that told me all of the evidence and the archaeological discoveries and the historical prophecies. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joking. I didn't, I can't even imagine a 5,000 page book, but um uh, but you know that's what people are thinking, and and then uh, I think I think we get a lot of guilt motivation about it. I mean, how could you not take just fifteen minutes out of your very busy day to spend time with God? Well, right, yeah, that's true, but it doesn't really help. <laughs> it yeah. just makes you feel worse. Just make it, yeah, I, I really am terrible. Um, so I think the very fact that you wrote this and acknowledged it is is just a, a, a relief for people. That that was one of the senses I got. Um, mm, so. I'm so glad. Yeah. I mean even even just doing the study for it and the research and and then writing it was so uh, freeing to realize that God God is not prescriptive in his word about how I come to him. Hmm. He's not prescriptive about it. And we have this, I'm sure we'll get into it, Randy, but we have this, you know, this idea of, of a quiet time where everything's perfectly quiet <laughs> and the situation is ideal to spend time with the Lord. And let's be honest, life is just not ideal a lot of the time. And, um, and so I think when we realize that God's not prescriptive about this, God is calling us to love him with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. And what that looks like for each one of us on any given day will be different. And that's that's a great thing because it means that I can come to God as I am um, with with the time that I apportion to Him, and um, and then I plead with Him to do what only He can do through it. It's mm. a supernatural thing. So I think that that frees us up from this burden of I have to do something, which we are doing something. It is an action to sit here and you know open up the pages of my Bible and read. But um, the work behind the word of God is all of the Lord. And so I think that that really will free us up too. Mm, Yeah, well said. Well, so a a theme in your book is sort of the parallel about hungering for food and and hungering for God and hungering for his word. You, You make a distinction about 
Uh, well, you, you sort of ask us to uh, identify ourselves in of different kinds of hunger. There's a starving hunger, there's a seeking hunger, and there's a satisfied hunger. What, what do you mean by those? Mm-hmm. Well, different kinds of hunger will um, come to us dependent on whether or not we are actively walking with the Lord. So we can distinguish, you know, on one side, you have this starving hunger and the other side, you have the two other kinds. You have a seeking hunger and a satisfied hunger. So for a person who is not yet united to Christ, you know, maybe you're listening to this right now and you would affirm that um, nothing, nothing in this world has satisfied you. And um, no matter how far you look or where you look or what you do, you're perpetually empty. And, um, you know, apart from the Lord Jesus filling you with his life and his spirit, you will starve spiritually. You will starve. And so that's all of us, apart from the grace of God coming to us and ministering to our hearts that Jesus has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Um, he's died for our sin. He's resurrected to eternal life and he's given us hope. And so if he had not um, done that for us, we would all be starving. So there's a starving hunger. But then when we've come to Christ, when we've walked with him and placed our faith in him, um, even the most genuine believer will walk through seasons of what I call in the book, seeking hunger. These are seasons of spiritual dryness, seasons where we, it seems to us like God is very far away, perhaps seasons of doubt where our faith is really being tested, the truths that we hold fast to are being tested. Um, and, and the amazing thing is I can think of, I mean, several seasons of my life where I've walked through this. So um, you are not abnormal, Christian, if you are experiencing a season of spiritual dryness where it seems like you are thirsting and panting for the Lord, but it's it's like he's just out of your reach. This has been the experience of many Christians um, throughout the decades. And you know, while we can't presume upon what exactly God is doing, he certainly wants to strengthen the faith of his people. And um, we know for sure that he never leaves or forsakes us. And that is a promise. So, you know, I often like to think of it as uh, the sun being covered up by a dense cloud cover. The sun never goes away. It's always there. It's always there, but it's covered by the clouds. And um, our perception of it is, is, uh, is, uh, changed. And so um, that's the seeking hunger that we often feel. And then there's the satisfied hunger. There's This is the satisfaction of a heart that is longing after God in a sense of wanting more and more of him. And um, I think one of the greatest scriptural examples of this is Psalm 119, where we see a really realistic uh, song being written from the heart of a person who knows his frame and knows that he's dust and knows that his heart wanders. And yet, he calls upon God to keep him and um, calls upon God to stir up in his heart that fire and love for God and his word that he needs. So, you know, we will never attain, like I mentioned before, perfection in this life. Our hearts will never be perfectly um, loving God as he calls us to. But can we grow? Yes. Can we can we can our love for him deepen? Can we grow in this satisfied hunger? We absolutely can. And um, I think that that's a wonderful pursuit that we can ask God for. Boy, I, I, I love that illustration you used about the sun. Uh, sometimes it's covered by clouds. In fact, sometimes there's a storm and there's no hint of it even being there. And yet you can know, no, no, it's there. And uh, mm-hmm. there will be times when the clouds 
dissipate and they're gone. And okay. Um, and there's something, again, freeing about, well, there are probably going to be times when I'm reading portions of God's word and boy, it just doesn't seem to be exciting me. And then there's other times where it seems like every word is a, a, a morsel to be enjoyed and savored. Um, so there's right. something very helpful about that. You know, I'm, I'm reminded, uh, well, I'm always reminded of C.S. Lewis, and it's not just because this is a C.S. Lewis Institute podcast, but yeah. I just, um, but uh, in the screw tape letters, he talks about undulations and that all Christians, humans, go through these mm -hmm. ups and downs, these undulations, and it's affected by the weather, it's affected by our health, it's affected by a million things. And um, what, what, what he in, encourages the, the, the demon, uh, screw tape to, uh, uh, wormwood <laughs> to mess up the Christian is m make him really miserable in those undulations. And, and what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Um, and, right. and don't let him remember that. No, these, these ups and downs, this is, this is, this is what the reality is of being a human being in a fallen, broken world. Um, so again, um, that, that's just, that's very, very helpful. Well, um, so you, the subtitle of your book is eight encouragements to grow, uh, in your appetite for God's word. So give us a few of them. What are, what are some of those encouragements to grow in appetite? Each of those words I think is packed. Yes. Well, we just talked about these three kinds of hunger and that's the opening chapter. The very first encouragement is to know your hungry heart. I often tell this story about um, my high school trip to Europe when my crazy professors trusted us enough to drop us into cities in Italy. And um, we were using paper maps and they would say, you know, you have to find your way to such and such a city by two o'clock PM. And so we'd have to navigate our way through the city to this other location. And um, I often say, you know, we, we wouldn't be able to figure out how to get to where we're going unless we knew exactly where we were on the map. Mm. So we mm. had to locate ourselves first. And that's a scriptural principle as well. You know, the psalmist prays, search me, O God, in Psalm 139, and know my heart and test my anxious thoughts. We have to know ourselves in order to understand how we can grow. So we can ask God for that. And so that opening encouragement um, gives the reader, you know, some descriptions as well as some hindrances to Bible reading that might be keeping them from opening God's word. Um, following on the heels of that is the second one, which is uh, to plead with God for a holy hunger. I mentioned earlier that the work of God's word is a supernatural work, but it comes through something as daily and normal as a, as a book with pages that I can touch and words that I can see, which is such a grace from God that he would, he would give me something in this walk of faith that my eyes can see hmm. and that my fingers hmm. can you know, we're such sensory people. Um, and yet that's not, that's not the, the end, you know, that that's the means I'm coming to the word. And yet I have to cry out to the Holy spirit of God to do what, what only he can do through the word, which is in part mm. life. Good. You know, Jesus good. says in John chapter six, God's word is spirit and it's life. That's not something that I can create on my own. That's a work of the Holy spirit. So, um, you know, the encouragements go on from there, but we have to start from a, from a place of deep humility 
and helplessness and realizing that I, as much as I'm the one physically opening this book, yes, even that, even that good work is a gift of God's grace. Because why do I even want, want to come to any degree? Because God has saved me, because he has his hold on me. Mm. Um, mm. That encouragement is, is just all founded in, in the gospel. You know, Jesus came to us so that we can come to God. And that's it's just such good news. Uh, what are what what are some other common um, difficulties or obstacles or hindrances that we face? Um, you've mentioned several. Just uh, talk about a few more. What are some of the things pushing against uh, our digging into God's Word? Yes, yeah this this box that I'm staring at right now called the screen, right? We're so easily distracted in this age of mm. technology. I think distraction is a major hindrance for people getting into the word. Um, you know, you come down the stairs in the morning with the intention to spend time with the Lord and to open your Bible. And then you go to fill up your cup of coffee and the thought passes through your mind did I add coffee beans to my grocery list? So you go to your phone to add coffee beans to your grocery <laughs> list, just so you don't forget. Oh no! This and then is, I don't know. know. I don't like where this is going. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the pool is opened, right? And and you're sucked in. And um, I think it's a really wise principle to say I'm going to put God's word before my phone or before my laptop every single day because we're just so easily distracted. And um, not every distraction is bad. I'm thinking of my beautiful children who, you know, come down the stairs way too early in the morning, and um, that that could be an obstacle if if we're not really <laughs> focused and actually to help us plow through that, right? Um, so distraction is a big one. I'm even thinking about, um, the discouragements of life. You know, you mentioned these undulations that C.S. Lewis writes about the discouragements of life that, uh, slow us down, trip us up and can make it really hard to even get out of the bed in the morning, whether it's physical pain or you're walking with a loved one through suffering or, you know, grief, grief is just so so sapping. Um, Discouragement can be, I think, a big deterrent, but discouragement can also drive us to Christ and to his word. Um, Is it Spurgeon who said, I've learned to kiss the wave that slams me against the rock of ages? And I think it's so true. You know, we we can either choose in in times of discouragement to let that hinder us from walking with the Lord or to press in. Um, so those are two others that come to mind. Yeah, that's that's helpful. And again, your book has eight of them. Um, you know, um, I, I love having the Bible on my phone, and I, I really do. And w- I, it means I always have a Bible with me. And there's mm-hmm. plenty of times that I read it. But I find that for whatever kind of daily or regular, maybe it's called a quiet time, whatever it is, for me, it's so much better if I'm using a paper Bible um, Mm -hmm. because that's all it is, is just the Bible. My phone is 18 billion other things. It's texts that come in, it's emails, it's news, it's... So, and again, I'm, I'm grateful for my phone, but there's times that I have to put it away and do this very, very antiquated thing of open a book uh, 
Um, there's something very helpful about it. And, and for me also, there's something about, okay, I'm reading this particular page, let's say in Isaiah, and I'm thinking, okay, this is pointing forward to Jesus. And I know that this verse is going to get quoted by Matthew. Well, there's something about turning a whole bunch of pages and feeling the yeah. weight of the book shift in my hands or on my lap. I, I mean, I know that that's amazingly minute, um, but but we are physical beings and those kinds of physical things do make a difference. Um, I so, totally agree. Um, Yes. Yes. Well, I've um, often said to my husband, I don't know how people read books on Kindle. And that's this is personal preference. So if you love to read books on Kindle, all the power to you. That's great. <laughs> but I just I don't know. There's something about, like you said, touching the pages, flipping the pages, going on this physical journey that I really love. Fully yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I read some things on my iPad but most books I read hard copy, but they're, they're very different experiences. And so mm -hmm. I choose to read some things on my iPad if they're the kinds of things that I want to read quickly. Um, I like reading fiction on that because it scrolls along and moves along very quickly, and that's what I want. But if it's, if it's something I really need to think deeply, stop, pause, highlight, write questions in the margin... No, that for me, that's got to be paper. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, routines for getting into the Bible, because routines are really very helpful, but they can become an idol in of the, in themselves, and we can stop looking to the Lord, and we're only looking to our performance. I I I, I wish I knew nothing about this, but this is me. Right. <laughs> if I if I have an X number of days in a row, it's like, look at me. I'm doing well with the Lord. Why? Because I haven't missed. Like, no, wait, you missed the whole point. Um, right. So, um, but there are great benefits of, okay, this is the time of day when it works best for me to read and pray and dig in. So share, you, you, you have a bunch of insights in your book about how to actually practice these disciplines. Mm -hmm. Well, again, know yourself, right? So look at your schedule, look at the people who are depending on you figure out when the best time of day would be to, you know, attempt to be alone with the Lord, even if it's just for a little while. Um, I'm struck that Jesus, even the son of God went away to be with his father, you know, at mm. regular in mm. intervals. And so that's good. Um, and we should pursue that. But if it's not the ideal quiet time situation, I think we're really quick to just toss it out, kind of tossing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. And, um, and to not look for any and every way to be meditating on God's word throughout the day. So I'll give an example. You know, one day uh, back, la back last summer, we were packing up from a vacation and I didn't have, you know, the time that morning to sit down like I usually do. So I just decided I'm just going to turn on the audio Bible while I pack our bags because I was alone. Mm. I don't usually do that. I don't usually listen. I usually read. Mm. And it was wonderful. It was a, it was a very different sensory experience oh, having yeah. this you know, auditory consumption of God's word and feeding on it that way. You know, maybe it's, maybe for you, it's, it's your commute. Maybe you're in the car for long enough that you could turn on the audio Bible. Um, for those of us who have children and who desire that our kids would be pointed to Christ and, and, and love his word, get in the word with your kids. It's probably going to be really loud 
and really um, organized, and it might it might last for five minutes, but Ooh, that's you are long, feeling. Actually. You know, it, it matters. It matters. And another and another encouragement in the book, Randy, um, that matters so very much. And I don't think that we stop to consider the value of it is um, the worship service, which when you think about it, is our main spiritual meal of the week. I mm, think in Western good, good. cultures, we tend to think of, you know, my Bible and me, Jesus and me as the primary focus of our mm. week because we're with ourselves all the time. So shouldn't it be? Um, but really, when we think about what the Bible actually is, it's God's words overarchingly directed to God's gathered people. You know, God gives his word to Moses and to the prophets. Who are they for? They're for the gathered people of God. And the New Testament letters and the history of the church, the gospels and acts, it's for the church. It's to build up the church, the faith of the church. So when you gather with your church family on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning or whenever you meet, you are being nourished with God's word. And this matters for the growth mm-hmm. of your soul. And I think sometimes we... It's like we separate it. We separate it and put that in a completely different category. Um, but but it is nourishment from the word. So if yeah. your quiet time, yeah. you know, today didn't go the way that you had hoped it would, um, you get a meal on Sunday morning, and mm-hmm. that is not an that's not an excuse to you know throw your Bible up on the shelf and and not pursue time with the Lord on your own. Um, but it does give perspective. It makes me so thankful. Every time I think about it, wow, what an amazing gift that I would be fed the word through the preaching of the word, yeah, that I would get yeah. to hear it read in the worship services, that I would get to sing the word in my praise, in my worship, mm-hmm. and um, you know that I would get to experience the word of Christ and the gospel through through coming to the Lord's table. It's, it's amazing. It's just an amazing gift, and I think, it, I think we take it for granted. Are you growing in your faith? Do you think it's time, perhaps, for a spiritual checkup? Uh, Each year, many of us will go through a physical checkup or a performance review at a workplace or maybe even a financial checkup, uh, checking in with the accountant to find out about how finances look. But how often do we take time to review our spiritual life? Those who are saved by grace are called to grow in grace. That's what 2 Peter 3.18 says. As disciples of Jesus, we are to live a life of love, love for God, love for our neighbor in the power of the Holy Spirit. But too often in the busyness of our day-to-day lives, we let other priorities crowd out the two highest priorities that we should have. So at the C.S. Lewis Institute, we have a annual spiritual checkup and I think it's got some great questions and some great resources. So please take a look at it. It's at cslewisinstitute.org slash annual dash spiritual dash checkup. <laughs> or you could just go to our website and search for annual spiritual checkup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Those are good words. Yes. And, um, you know, going back a little bit to what you said about uh, listening to the audio, um, I find uh, I catch things that I hear that I tend to miss when I'm looking, reading. 
and vice versa. Yes. So they're both helpful for me because they're so different. But in particular, if there are repeated refrains or repeated words, they seem to stand out more as I'm listening to them. And so then I go back and read and I start seeing patterns that, that I hadn't seen before. So um, mm-hmm. um, I, I really appreciate what you said about, about that big meal, the, the, the central meal each week uh, in our worship service. That's, that's a really good way to think about it. Um, so um, I had another thought when you were in this, the, talking about routines. I find that for me, um, whatever, whatever routine I land on, I'm going to have to change it after a while. It, uh, I don't know why, but after a while, I, I don't want to say that it gets stale, but maybe that is, maybe that's what I'm saying. Or so whatever it is, even if it's as little as, well, usually I read the scriptures first um, and then I pray and then I try to spend a little bit of time meditating on uh, one of the verses that I read. Well, sometimes I mix it up of I read, then I meditate, then I pray. And there's other times pray first. And sometimes it's read the scripture and also read some kind of a guide or a commentary. But again, whatever system I come up with, I know that after a certain period of time, it's like, nope, I'm going to have to tweak it. And that's especially true when there's major changes in my life. So um, you've mentioned you're a mom of small children. Um, something tells me that you, whatever system you had, it changed when the first child came along, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it certainly did. Um, to you know, to a point, to a point, it stayed the same in that I had already developed the habit of being in God's Word every single day. So that. It couldn't change for me. You know, I was thinking that that would be absurd at this point. I, I have to be in the word. But in terms of what that looked like, absolutely, that has shifted. And um, I, like you, am a very uh, type A personality. I like checking my reading plan boxes off on my list. <laughs> and um, I will never forget when I was stuck in a rut like you're like you're talking about and our senior pastor was teaching a class on growing in our spiritual walk. And he said, you know, if you're getting bored with your Bible reading, please make a change. <laughs> and it felt like it felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like I have permission mm-hmm. to do that, to do something mm-hmm. different. So mm-hmm. that would absolutely be my encouragement to listeners is if you feel bored, if you feel stuck in a rut, perhaps do something different. You know, maybe your um, routine is to just read small portions of scripture at a time, a few verses, maybe try reading, maybe choose a, a shorter book of the Bible and just try reading your way all the way through it. So speed mm, up. Good. Right. Yep. If, your habit is, if your habit is to read speedily and read multiple chapters on your reading plan, maybe slow down, you know, choose a small section of scripture and really take the time to meditate on it. Um, read with another person. There is so much value in one-to-one Bible reading. We gain insight from other other saints and their minds and their hearts. Um, we learn what God is is you know teaching them about Himself, and that's a real encouragement too. So, totally commend that. Make a change if you feel stuck. That's wise. And even even if not stuck, uh, again, I I find when there's a major change in my life, uh, my wife and I just recently moved 
pretty significant, lengthy move. And I'd say for the first month in our new place, our new house, I mean, things, it was just chaos. It was, oh, time to unpack another box or try to now spend who knows how long trying to find something. And um, and so regular time in the scriptures just became haphazard at best. And it was, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? I, I need to come up with a different system. I need to come up with, okay, this is ob- I'm obviously in a different place. Um, uh, so, and as we get older, our bodies, uh, sleep becomes a problem for some people. That is the case for me. So, so it's just being willing to shift those things around. Um, by the way, when you were saying about sometimes, well, pick a short book or just read straight through. And other times it's dig down. I heard a speaker once say that uh, when it comes to good Bible reading, we need to be both good at water skiing and scuba diving. And oh, I love that. It's, sometimes it's the quick pass over the whole entire book. Sometimes it's dig down and look at that word maybe that yes. phrase and and several different things in between and again those are some really great uh built-in varieties um to help make it um uh, more beneficial and more helpful um, i love well, that that's a great illustration yeah i like that one so well, we're running out of time, but I want to ask you something because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there's this theme running through your whole book of a parallel about physical hunger and hunger for food and hunger for God's word. And of course, you have to quote Jeremiah, who said, um, Your words were found, and I ate them, and your words became a joy and a delight of my heart. What I mean, that, that sounds wonderful and it's inspiring and it's motivating, mm-hmm. but. What does it really mean? What, what does it mean to eat God's word or to take in God's word in a way that's like eating? Yeah. Well, when we think about eating what's good for us, often we don't really want to, especially <laughs> if it's not a habit. Like I do not on my own want to eat my vegetables hmm. and it's like forcing them down my kid's mouth to eat their vegetables, you know? Hmm. And yet, the more I eat well, the more I nourish my body with what it needs most, the more I start to crave my vegetables, Hmm. the more I start to notice when I don't have a salad today and get all the nutrients that my body needs or when I'm protein deficient or, um, you know, I haven't put enough avocado in my smoothie or whatever it might be. You just feel it. Same with exercise. At the beginning, it is painful to start exercising. But the more you do it, the more you want to do it. And I find that there is a gracious cycle in God's word that the more we are in it, the more we are um, eating his words, like Jeremiah says, they become to us a delight. And because they have become to us a delight, we want to eat them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so there's this wonderful cycle. Meditation and, and feeding on God's word leads to delight. And it just keeps going. And that's that's so gracious of God that he would do that. Now that doesn't mean like we've talked about that that cycle doesn't have bumps and get interrupted sometimes because it does. Um, And yet God's word is for pilgrims walking through the wilderness, just like he supplied manna for his people as they walked through the wilderness. Hmm. God's word is for us and he's going to use his word to keep us in the faith 
and to exercise and strengthen our faith muscles as we put our hope in Christ. And he's going to use it to, to keep us until we're all the way home and the word becomes sight. And it's going to be a beautiful day when that happens. Mm, nicely said. I think that's a good place for us to bring this to a close. I, um, uh, I, I, I love this idea of uh, savoring God's word. And the, in the way that, actually, we, we don't do this often enough, where sometimes we just eat our food kind of mindlessly, but there's times to savor it and just allow, uh, even to talk about it, not with your mouthful, but uh, to talk about the flavors and the spices and the textures. And so there's times to dig in and look at a word and savor it and think, now, why did, why did God inspire it to, to say that word and not some other word? And again, it's meditating on the tiniest morsels, the, the words, the individual thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. So... Any last thoughts you want to throw in here? Um, I, I want to encourage people to get your book to to really dig into the scriptures and and to savor it uh, like it's a delicious meal. Yeah, if you're listening and and you would say, "Oh man, this is just not my experience. I am not in the Word. It's been years." Just know that it is never too late to start, and that might feel intimidating. But just start somewhere. The best way to start is simply to start. Um, and you might want to email your pastor. You might want to grab a friend if you're if you're a little intimidated to go at it alone and ask them for some guidance. But um, God's word is our life. His word is life and spirit. And so how can we grow? How can we know him? How can we know the joy of being filled with his fullness if we're not in his word? So that'd be my encouragement. The best way to start is just to start. Wonderful. And I love that word encouragement. It's in your subtitle. It's in what you just said. Um, it, it, it comes through uh, all the way in your book. We'll put a link uh, to Kristen's book and other books that she's written. And we'll also put a couple of uh, links for resources that we have at the C.S. Lewis Institute to help you dig into the scriptures and to enjoy it um, as a good meal. Uh, like all that we do at the Institute, we hope this, uh, this podcast and all our resources um, help you love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Thanks. Thanks.